Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast will almost certainly contain spoilers and may also contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Welcome to Minisode 18 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Rich Bain, I'm a horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, I'm a filmmaker and a bunch of other stuff not important enough to mention. <laughs> and here we are again. Here we are again, how's your throat? Uh, a little better as I think yeah, that... Yeah, I'm um, hearing it, I'm hearing it. It, yeah, it, yeah. it certainly sounds a little bit better for sure. I've spent the weekend on a little bit of a decline. I think that what had started oh. off as just being a little bit of a kind of bothersome throat thing turned into a full-blown cold. But um, uh, I'm just a little bit, pretty much out the other side of it now. Uh, but yeah, still sounding a little bit, not even gravelly anymore, just kind of a little bit scratchy. Imagine not... victorious. Yeah, but I'm kind of like, I'm a bit disappointed that I don't have the pleasing baritone that I had last week. <laughs> so, uh, post-festival blues still hanging over me a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat, yeah, for sure. Uh, this time last week we were still at Fright Fest. Yeah, changed days. Now um, we're back, doing it's... this, day jobs. Yeah, nonsense. Lots of good stuff upcoming though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, yeah, let's have a quick look back to the past week. What have you been watching? Um, well, I mean, sticking with the Fright Fest theme, um, as anyone who attended Fright Fest this year will know that the closing film was Gaspar Noé's Climax. Mm-hmm. Big thanks, by the way, to Sandy Gotrit for giving me her ticket to that. I'm sure we'll get into it in more detail another time. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, an experience, I think, <laughs> the, the, the only way to put it. But since then, I have revisited everything that Gaspar Noé's done. Okay, okay. So there's, there's four others, that's right. Four others, yep. Starting with I Stand Alone um, into Irreversible. Um, <laughs> yep. And then uh, from Irre- Irreversible into Enter the Void. And then the Filthy Delights of Love. Uh, so yeah, in the past week I've watched all the Saw movies and I've watched all the Gaspar Noe movies again. Uh, have you had to teach yourself how to smile again? I, I legitimately think that I've damaged myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's an unbelievably uh, that's unbelievably heavy retrospectives, both of them. Yeah, I feel honestly feel corrupted. Uh, but that's fair. I mean, like I, I felt a little bit like that after just watching Climax. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Climax, pretty remarkable film though. But yeah, so uh, how have you found that? Any particular? I, I hate, uh, like, I kind of hesitate to use the word favorites, but like, any kind of, you find anything new about any of those or anything like that in the rewatches? Irreversible is still as horrific uh, as it was the first time I watched it. It's profoundly unpleasant. Yep. Yeah. Um, and the fast forward button does little <laughs> in, in that particular scene. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the guy is borderline genius. A wander in his mind, I think, would be an interesting thing. Oh, yeah, definitely, mm. definitely. Strong retrospective game, though, both. Oh, very much so. I would say I'm impressed. I'm very mm. impressed. This is demanding. So, yeah, one thing that I did see this week that kind of fits the format is uh, in the kind of post-festival blues thing, mm-hmm. I went back to something that I saw on the Discovery screens the first year that I went to uh, Fright Fest. I want to see Painless. Oh, right, now, okay. I've watched Painless back, should I say. Have you? Don't know it. Okay, so uh, Painless, uh, it played at Fright Fest 2013. I'm going to surprise you here, Mitch. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> the shoe is on the other foot. This is weird. Um, so, uh, yeah, I saw it in 2013. It is a Spanish, French, and Portuguese co-production. Ah, and, uh, keep it simple. The yeah. directorial debut of um, Juan Carlos Medina. So, it's in Catalonia, and okay. it, it, it runs on two separate tam- timelines. 
one in the present day and one during the Spanish Civil War. So right, okay. the one in the present day, you have um, your main character who was in a car crash early on. His wife dies in the car crash. Uh, their unborn child is saved. And however, subsequent kind of tests and scans after the crash reveal that he's got cancer and needs a bone marrow transplant. Oh dear. So he goes off in search of his biological parents because he's, abduct- he's, uh, he's adopted. Right. And not abducted. Not abducted, no. Um, <laughs> he's adopted. And uh, the present day timeline plots his kind of just him trying to do that and where right. that takes him. The storyline of the Strand that's set during the Spanish Civil War is set in this kind of facility where these, these kids have been found who can't feel physical pain. Oh, right. And uh, basically there's a, they're undergoing this treatment that's going to try and remedy that because obviously on the surface the idea of not being able to feel physical pain sounds quite appealing. But also, when you're young, if you couldn't feel physical pain, you could be doing real damage to yourself and not know. Well, that's it. I mean, that's a real thing. People, there are people out there who actually have that, and mm-hmm. they do wind up burning themselves and doing a whole pile of horrible things to themselves completely by accident. Yeah, it's about that basically, and it's about those kids and the kind of treatments that they're undergoing, and also this kind of collision of opinions between the higher ups and the government and things about what should be done with these kids. And basically, it's those two things and those two storylines kind of continue on their separate tracks and they're married together in a way that I find pretty unexpected. I, like I say, it was one of the first uh, Discovery screen films that I ever saw um, at a Fright Fest. I hadn't rewatched it in five years. Oh, really? Because um, I, I bought it on DVD um, pretty much as soon as I'd seen it, but I'd never made the time to go back to it. So I did that this week and I really enjoyed it. I would recommend that a lot. So that was Painless. Painless? Yeah. Cool. I also picked up the Blu-ray of Andy Nyman and Jeremy Dyson's Ghost Stories. Ah, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know we mentioned it and we went into it in a lot of detail before, but no longer am I behind the curve on this. I have now caught up with that as well. How'd you find it? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought Paul Whitehouse was brilliant in it. He's um, fantastic, isn't he? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I always forget about Paul Whitehouse. Yeah, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I think that um, I certainly forget the kind of caliber of his dramatic capabilities. Mm. And uh, Alex Lawther again, he blew me away. Alex Lauder, I would say, he's. I think he's great. Um, he is, I think, about to be typecast as creepy characters in that kind of <laughs> creepiness for possibly the next 20 years. Possibly. Um, because he plays that character kind of in uh, The End of the Fucking World mm-hmm. on Netflix. Uh, obviously, he's in a, one of my favourite Black Mirror episodes, uh, Shut Up and Dance. Yep. Um, so yeah, he's kind of... Uh, Shut he- Up and Dance is thoroughly thoroughly depressing oh it really is yeah <laughs> oh but it's God. um it, I, I kind of find black mirror to be on the decline a little bit over the last couple of seasons but that's up there for me with kind of the very best of them alex lothar's brilliant actually i'm yeah. kind of i'm excited to see what he ends up doing next so next up yeah here we go oh, i can get the volume back again eh you can you can be Ready as loud as you want dun, 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 dun. Mitch was the as 100 ah it's nice to have that back i'll have the music to you next week by oh the way. you say this you say this some promises promises <laughs> <laughs> so um i as i said i have been really busy since i got home uh between kind of band stuff work stuff other things for the podcast and also just some family stuff over the weekend yeah you're looking awfully imploringly at me telling me that don't have to apologise to me for having the theme tune done, all right? Apologise to the listeners. I was talking more about uh, having time to squeeze things in. Oh, right, okay. So, again, I had to jump out of sequence, but I did manage one. Okay, what did you do? I uh, And it was a rewatch. Oh! Um, so, there is a handful of those in the list. And actually, before I start, I just want to um, take a second to mention that over the weekend at Fright Fest, I actually ran into Shockwaves' Rob Galuzzo. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I saw Rob there. Uh, yeah, so um, I, had a, I had a bit of a chat with him about this. About your endeavour. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what was his thoughts on that? Uh, he was kind of like uh, he originally came at it from a kind of "Why are you doing this to yourself?" kind of way. <laughs> um, to which, to which I explained that um, I have no business hosting a horror podcast, but I do. Right. And I'm kind of trying to grind my knowledge a little more. And um, he kind of came around to the idea after that, asked me some questions about what I'd seen and what had kind of blown me away. So I spoke to him about Angel Heart. Oh yeah. Uh, which is actually one of the ones he hasn't seen. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, That's interesting. I also spoke a little bit about Audition and everyone kind of that you talk to about. I saw Audition for the first time two weeks ago. You get this thing where everyone's like, oh, okay. And then you kind of get the impression that they're side-eyeing you for the rest of the conversation. (laughs) Uh, No, he was a really nice guy. And uh, it was was fun to talk to him about that. Cool. Um, yeah, that was good. Things. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him cutting about. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, no, it was uh, that was that was that was fun. But uh, yeah, this week a uh, rewatch for me, Cabin in the Woods. Oh right, okay. It's so good. Yeah, I just love the Cabin in the Woods, and I think that it's one of those things that when I first saw it, I hadn't seen as much stuff. I know I still mm-hmm. haven't seen much, but I'd seen considerably less when I saw the Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, sure. Um, and I think that like as you kind of as my knowledge of the genre kind of grows, my affection for that film does as well, because mm-hmm. I kind of get more of an understanding of the various things that they're referencing and what and all that kind of thing. And I think that it's I, I love the ending as well. Yeah, I, I think the cabin the cabin in the woods is really really strong. Um, my favorite thing about the whole film every time I watch it is the relationship between Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford. Yes, uh, I think they're I think they're fucking amazing in it. I am of the opinion that Richard Jenkins is a little bit of a David Strathairn for me. Right, okay. Jeez, uh, that's high praise indeed. Yeah, well, I mean, let's not go crazy, but I mean, he's definitely up there. Um, I think he's great in everything, and um, so it's fun to see some somebody that who's, like I think, a great character actor that I'm used to seeing in kind of indie dramas and things like right, that, yeah. you know, things like um, The Visitor and stuff like that. So it was cool to see him oh. in... Emergency over. Carry on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was good to see him in horror as well. Yeah. You know, that's always fun. Similarly, when he turned up in Bone Tomahawk, actually. But oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, that holds up. I mean, I don't need to tell you or probably anybody else that uh, Cabin in the Woods holds up exceptionally well on rewatch. Um, which brings my total, I believe, to twelve. <laughs> uh, so twelve down, eight, 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 eight to go. go. And we're going to have to take a step back here because I still want to get you sat down, get the Beyond watched. Yeah, and then you've got again things like Black Sabbath and Black Sunday. Yep, yep. A bunch of other things in there as well. So yeah, we'll we'll make some time for that at some point. Yeah. Also, somewhere in there, I noticed when I was having a wee uh, flick back through the list because basically I had to look at what was available to me over the weekend sure. that I could catch up with. Um, I noticed the Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two are there, so I'll probably I've seen I've seen both of those obviously, but like. Oh. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to show off or anything. All right, brag, brag, humble brag. So um, yeah, I may double bill those two as well. I think that. Oh, yeah, okay. I think, I, I, but if I do that, I think I'll probably just end up doing those two: Army of Darkness and the reboot. Fucking hell! But yeah, that was so. That was my shot. Waves one hundred. So that was it. One more that. in there. Yeah, just Jesus that. Christ. Just that. Okay. I mean, um, I, I, in a week where I'd already seen twenty-two horror films. <laughs> I don't think you're it's... a fucking slacker. <laughs> Honest to God, man. Yeah. Okay, so uh, time to take a look then, I guess, at the feedback section. Yeah. What have they been saying? They've oh, been... I've missed that. We <laughs> sure have. And they've been saying a lot. Uh, they've been saying a lot because obviously uh, last week with the Miniso being a little bit on the hop, we uh, took the decision to uh, not really, uh, not just to kind of have a lie week on the feedback and just kind of double say up. say not really, we just didn't do it. <laughs> it's true yeah but um but we saved everything over nothing nothing got left out no one's getting sure. ignored um so you got anything first off i guess white of the eye i've got nothing on that one but uh, i do yep. and it's from good old dennis extra atherton uh-huh. got in touch on white of the eye 
just to say, love the conversations this week. I have also, similar to Jackson, been obsessed with this movie and the real story behind Donald's life for years. Obviously, we had Jackson Stewart on talking about White of the Eye, who went into a lot of detail on the life and subsequent death of Donald Camel, the uh, director. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also sent us a photo of his lovely steelbook there. Mm-hmm. What a brilliant yet tortured artist Donald was. No arguments there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That's yeah. fair. Thanks for getting in touch on that one, Dennis. Also, well, I've got nothing there, but let's take a wee jump ahead to uh, Halloween H2O. Sure. Yes. yes. So, a few things here. Um, first off, we had uh, Gabriel Robertson. Yeah. Uh, writer Gabriel on Twitter got in touch and said, controversial, but H2O was my favourite of the series. <laughs> uh, Inevitably, I haven't seen all of them, right. but um, it's already not mine. Let's be honest, I mean, you're not really missing a gigantic amount with four, five, and six. Four and five, great double bill. Okay. Six, nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> no, I should get I should get around to them, though. But yeah, so uh, so Gabriel uh, offering what he acknowledged was a controversial opinion. That he I, would, that, uh, I would say that's pretty controversial. Yeah. Um, and no one agrees. Hey, if anybody else agrees, get in touch. I'd be very curious about that. So would I. Start <laughs> unfollowing these people, blocking them. <laughs> and, and, uh, you got anything on this, on this one? Haley Alice Roberts got in touch. Um, at Welsh Demon S saying, Another brilliant podcast from these guys at Thank Strong you. Violent PC with special guest at Preston Death, Preston DeFrancis, uh, director of Ruin Me. Um, interesting to hear that H2O initially existed without Laurie's character and how it could have become a completely different movie. Plus a discussion of the post-Scream slasher era. Yeah, Scream was kind of seismic, I suppose, and the, the impact that it had on the, certainly on the slasher genre. Absolutely, um, and I think that H2O is probably one of the ones that kind of, if you can kind of feel its impact pretty heavily on that one, I think. I think that's more to be said about the t- um, Kevin Williamson's touch in there somewhere. That is, of course, also true. Yeah, yeah definitely, of course. Um, we had Barry Delgarno at Delgarno Barry on Twitter get in touch and say, holy shit, this is Bria when we announced it initially. Right. Yeah, holy shit, this one I'm definitely checking out. Um, one of the better installments of a franchise dear to my heart. So more more love for it there. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, really looking forward to here, uh, hearing at Preston DF at Watch Fires Mitch and Andy Mix stuff break this, uh, break this one down. Thank Christ it's not Resurrection. Fucking Buster Rhymes. Um, which I think is a little bit harsh having now watched Halloween Resurrection. Uh, double build it pretty much. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I mean I am very I'm the first to admit that Halloween Resurrection is garbage, but um, I think that when Buster Rhymes shouts trick or treat motherfucker and Kung Fu kicks Michael Myers, probably one of the better moments of the film. One of the weaker <laughs> mo one of the weaker moments in the franchise. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, uh, Halloween Resurrection, like I say, almost meritless. So I think uh, almost meritless. So I was willing to. Wow. Uh, so I'm writing it off almost completely to the point that I'm quite forgiving of the fact that that moment is nonsense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Uh, I've got nothing else on Halloween. Do you have anything else on Halloween? I've got the odd thing, yeah. Um, in fact, a couple. Um, a, a triple R of Instagram comments. Um, Dangerous Board on Instagram just said, been a long time since I've seen this. I wonder if she's revisited. And if so, uh, how it held up. Uh, we also had Comfortably Dumb on Instagram. I'm excited for this one because from my one viewing 50 years ago, I remember it being Gash. Cool. Um, and uh, Zoe underscore Meh saying, going to have to skip ahead a few in my catch up and listen this week. I really like this film. So first off, thanks for taking the time to catch up with the back episodes. I like Zoe's name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, <laughs> dismissive. Kind of sounds like she gave up halfway yeah, through her like, username. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> thanks, for, but, no, thanks so much for getting in touch. So we appreciate that and hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, and yeah, let us know what you thought. Sure. Uh, I'm going to jump ahead now to Saw 6. Oh yeah, I've got um, loads. From Friday. 
Uh, Chris Angel at TenshiSan73 got in touch to say, looking forward to this one, loved the original, liked most of the sequels, disliked this one immensely. Wow. So much so I hadn't bothered with Jigsaw until it popped up while scrolling through Netflix at the weekend. It's better than six. That's fucking blasphemy, by the way. <laughs> also watched Jeepers Creepers 3, not great. Ah, okay. Yeah. Interesting little tag on there at the end. I haven't watched Jeepers Creepers three. I've got a problem with the franchise. I'm sure everybody knows what that what that is. Uh, yes, I don't think um, I, I so, guess that doesn't need too much exploring. Yeah, so we won't uh, give it any more time. But no, that's understandable. But Chris, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, I resolutely disagree with your opinion on Jigsaw being better than Saw six. I think like I've had so, me- yeah. I've had medical procedures that I enjoyed more than Jigsaw. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Yeah, I was going to um, say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darren Gaskell getting in touch. Um, improbable plot developments aside, Saw 6 is watchable. Doesn't wuss out in terms of gory moments and is certainly far from being the worst in the franchise. Darren, uh, following in line with me here, that would be you, Jigsaw, you tired, uninspired pile of shite. Stop it now. Oh, but there we go. So there we go. <laughs> emphatic. Yeah. Uh, emphatic hatred for, uh, for uh, Jigsaw there. Yeah, yeah. The strong opinions that we've come to expect. <laughs> We had a David Goldthorpe getting in touch on Twitter at dgoldthorpe96 saying, Zep 6 is one of my favourite renditions of the Zep theme. See, this is the kind of like deep cut saw chat that I enjoy. That is a good version of the theme. Right. I like that. Okay. I don't yeah. know I don't know if it's my favourite. Um, I like, I think it's the one from, uh, I think it's the one from Saw 3 that I really like. But yeah, no, it's a good one. It's a good one. That's a good comment. I like that. Right, cool. Um, we had Dennis Extra Arthur and actually have a little chat about this as well. I uh, got in touch uh, with a picture of the uh, seven un- unrated Blu-rays pack that he's got, the box set that he's got. And I said, I've had this set up for a while and I was building up for a marathon. Been putting it off for ages. It feels like it's going to be rough. So when Andy casually said he just watched them all for the show, take a bow, sir. Yeah, it wasn't easy, if I'm perfectly honest with you. 760 minutes, man. Yeah, and like I said, um, every time I shut my eyes now, it's just blood. Yeah. Every time I try to sleep, it's just crunching and screaming. It's not an easy marathon, to be honest. It's I've actually, it's something I've been meaning to do. So, Remember but... I did eight? Oh, yeah, I did eight of them. Yeah, you did Jigsaw as well. Yeah, Bless yourself. for my sins. Yeah. Bless myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll also say a quick hello to Lucy Goes to Hollywood. Got in touch on Twitter saying, starting my Friday right by listening to Strong Violent PC. Thanks. Also, she's got a soft spot for Saw 6, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, uh, also, just, uh, just a quick mention, actually, Lucy's blog is great. All right. Go check it out. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, there we go. Yeah. Our old pal Stuart Spark um, got in touch. He of Deep Rising Love. Yes, <laughs> of Deep uh, Rising Love and Book of Monsters fame. Yes, indeed, yep. I uh, got in touch uh, with a comment directed at you, Mitch. Oh, okay. Um, saying, holy shit, I'll have to hear your defence on this one, Mitch. You'll have to, Stuart. Uh, it's available now. But uh, yeah, I think another one, another person thinking that it's uh, it's um, the defending the indefensible by the sounds of it. Um, which... <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't think it's indefensible, but I don't think you were right. No, that's that probably defend, That it demanded a defence. <laughs> um, um, around the, like we also just around the time, just kind of just for the sake of being a conversation starter, through the week uh, we put on Twitter just asking people what their favourite was from the franchise, but from the series. Mm-hmm. And um, so a, a few people say in the original, which is fine, and I think probably obviously the most popular opinion. Um, we had uh, Becky from uh, Film Music Central. That's at Music Gamer Four Sixty. She got in touch saying Saw Two was hers. Similarly, uh, Dan Martin. Ah, Dan Martin, special effects maestro and uh, of Arrow Video podcast fame. The the very same at Thirteen Finger FX. Dan Martin got in touch and with some interesting stuff and totally valid because they are canon. Uh, yeah, sure. He said Saw Two, Jigsaw. 
Saw 2 Jigsaw saw saw the video game yeah. and then Saw 2 Flesh and Blood, which obviously was the sequel yes, to the video yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, all the rest of the movies in a sort of mashup supercut, aka the Jigsaw Files. <laughs> cool. Which I actually think they're cutting uh, the myriad flashbacks from Saw 3 to 7 into something linear would actually be pretty interesting. There's got to be something like that on YouTube. There has to there's be. There's just got to be. Like, Someone's uh, cut that into a film. Yeah, there's got to be. Yeah, there must be. Uh, I, I would love to see it. If anyone finds it, let us know. I did reply to Dan actually on that, saying that I hadn't even considered the games and amongst that, but it was, yeah, it was an interesting avenue that he took. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, Preston De Francis reached out as well, just uh, again, to more directed at yourself. Uh, love the callback to Narrative Pill. Of course, um, a term uh, coined by uh, Preston himself during a Halloween H2O episode. Yep, let's try to make that phrase a thing, shall we? I'm definitely making it a thing. We'll I've see al- what we can do. I've already stolen it. I'm halfway to Mexico with that phrase. All right, okay. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm definitely using it. Arriba. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, cool. Um, anything else? Um, I have a couple of general comments that came in. Oh, um, well, I won anyway. Um, Hanny at Hanny Ray, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter got in touch. Uh, she's catching up on some of the back episodes also. She's, uh, just catching up on Strong Violent PC on episode 11, Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Oh, right, okay. We were joined Tyler McIntyre. Tyler McIntyre, yeah, of Tragedy Girls fame. Not only a Carpenter movie I haven't seen that I now have to. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would argue you don't have to see it. But yeah, give it a spin. Give it a spin. Give it a spin. Give it a but I, I would say five hundred inessential, maybe. But I, but she has, but she said, yeah, not only a Carpenter movie that I haven't seen, but also an episode so funny that I just scared a busker in Shawlands by laughing as I walked by. New warning, careful when listening in public. Oh, there we go. There we go. Doing something right. Yeah, always nice to know. Thanks a lot for that. And I think that that is just about my lot. In fact, to tell a lie, I've got one more thing. Okay. And uh, this was actually just um, pretty cool that people are just commenting on little things like this as well. We put up uh, the image from Mitch's Pitches from a couple of weeks ago. Right. The Terrorvision oh, sure. uh, yeah. one. And um, our f- a frequent Instagram commenter, thanks for that, Mouse Shadowcrafts, yeah. got in touch saying, I just did a back-to-back of this and meet the Hollowheads. I really wish there was a 100 films in this little group's portfolio. Two of my favourite bits from the 1980s. Tubes are the future. Hey, there so, we go. Um, yeah, thanks for getting in touch. I believe that's everything on my end. Are you good? I think I'm about good for now. Yeah. Cool, okay. Um, In that case... Oh, you know what time it is. It was funny, I was just literally just about to do a theme there, but it was almost to the theme tune to Sister, Sister. <laughs> so, <laughs> which uh, works, which works. So I've kind of pulled it back. I'm not going to do a theme tune. I'm just going to go... It's it is Mitch's Pitches, and for anyone that is unfamiliar very quickly, Mitch's Pitches is a segment designed to exploit my ignorance in the horror genre for your entertainment. Hooray! And he will send me an image in a moment of a poster from a horror film from years gone by. All identifying words, titles, <laughs> taglines, etc. <laughs> gone, just the promo we just left. I am going to need to, first off, describe it to the best of my ability, and then uh, do my best to come up with a title and synopsis for this. And of course, we will post the image, both the before and after, doctored and undoctored, to all the social media channels, so uh, you can understand what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah, because we understand... This doesn't necessarily work particularly well in an audio format. Yeah, so we've got to kind of co- <laughs> we've got to try and cover our bases a little bit on that. Um, but yeah, on you go. I'm ready. Here it comes. Okay, it's arrived. Wrap your peepers around that. Right. Okay. Right. Okay, I can do this. Title as well, if you can. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Right. So what we have here is um, what appears to be um, a shot of kind of fairly dimly lit staircase. 
Right. A wooden staircase, by the looks of it. Some light is kind of hitting the wall next to the staircase, which looks like it's coming through like a skylight or some kind of bay window. What appears to be a woman is walking down the stairs. She's shot from the waist down. Uh, she's wearing a black dress, which is kind of just above the knee. And a hand is emerging from through the slats in the wood, but it's kind of smashed through, and it's uh, grabbed her right leg. Okay. And uh, it's a, uh, what appears to be kind of a green, kind of slimy hand, which has at least five fingers. Can't see the other side of it. And uh, from underneath, it kind of looks like it's emerging from a fire underneath the stairwell. Right, okay. So I'm going to go with... Now, this looks, just by the staircase and things like that, I'm going to say that this looks like maybe like a basement. Right, okay. So I'm going to play it relatively simple with this one. Oh, are you? Right, let's and go then. I'm going to say that there's not too much more to this than I'm going to go with a kind of like a, like a kind of don't be afraid of the dark type thing that's just kind of a story about a kind of maybe one of those things where there's an unidentified kind of monster in the basement. Okay. And it's kind of, it gets kind of increasingly more threatening, louder, more suspicious kind of thing. Maybe one of those things, like like when we're talking about... Uh, television when the family don't believe the kid right sure something like that yeah. maybe yeah um and he's like oh there's something down there and the dad's like shut up uh no there's not uh until it's too late kind of thing okay okay yeah uh in terms of a title i don't know i'm gonna go with let... i'm gonna say there's something in the cellar that's what you're gonna call it yes wow okay and uh, that, that's you that's you that's it, it. Then? Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. oh wait hang on i need to do a log line don't i Okay, I'm going to go with a suburban family's adolescent son is unsettled by noises from the basement. Okay. But will his parents believe him before it's too late? And right. the title was? There's something in the basement. Something in the basement? Yes. No, sorry, shit. There's something in the cellar. Okay, well, I mean, you're. let me just tell you. Um, directed by special effects wizard John Carl Buchler. Okay. Uh, written by Don Mancini. Who oh, wow. Child's play. Okay. Uh, <laughs> It's cellar dweller. Fuck off! No way! Oh, so close! Oh man, that's. I actually thought. Let's throw him a bone here. Let's see if we can get it. Not really close in terms of story. Okay. Okay. Um, beyond the fact that um, there is indeed something dwelling in the cellar. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's about the story of a comic book artist who's kind of doomed to repeat history um, when she unleashes a demon after drawing it. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yep. Yeah, um, that sounds like something I'd like. Yeah, it's got uh, Jeffrey Combs in there. Oh, cool. Who's amazing. And oh, Yvonne DiCarlo, uh, Lily Munster. All right. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I'm thinking that um, once I've done the Shockwaves 100 in like four years' time, I yep. should, my next project should be watching the Mitch's Pictures films. Oh, Jesus. But by that time, we'll have loads of them. And also, that list will kind of carry on into perpetuity for as long as we're doing the show. <laughs> yeah, so, I'll never catch fuck. up. So, maybe yeah. I, that might be an exercise in futility. So, uh, But there you go. That is another round of Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's we will, pitches. of course, put the image up there um, for everyone to see. So, next up, I believe it's a podcast recommendation. Whose turn is it? It's yours. Oh, no, because you did my dad wrote a porno last did, week, yeah, didn't you? Jesus, yeah, Jesus. Okay. Um, so, I am also going to go with something that is uh, It's not horror related right. um in any way well i guess it sometimes is but not by definition i'm gonna go with off book all right okay from the airwolf network off book the improvised musical podcast with zach reno and jess mckenna now you introduced me to this one but i think that since then my interest in it has far eclipsed yours would that be correct yeah i i kind of forgot about it <laughs> yeah I've, I've listened to every available one 
Right, okay. Um, but basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, Zach and Jess are two very capable improvisers and two very capable singers um, who are very, very funny. They have a guest, at least one guest, mostly generally one guest um, per week. Uh, they have a live pianist, uh, Scott Passarella. And basically what happens is someone comes in, they start talking about pretty much anything until they reach what's obviously a jump-off point. The piano starts and they improvise a musical for about 50 minutes after that. <laughs> yeah. I would say that this this doesn't always land for me and it's all it's almost bound to not always work. Sure. Because um, you can get 20 minutes into a kind of a story and think that it's not really working for you. I never come away from it kind of having not enjoyed it though. Like I th- and but and I think that it, I genuinely think that it is really really funny. I think that um if there's one if it's uh, there's an episode called Murder on the Picturesque Express that I think in particular is absolutely hilarious. Um but yeah, off book. That's my shout for this week. I love it. Superb. Yeah, there you go. Uh, any other business, Mitchell? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I've got very little to add apart from, uh, well, obviously, the big announcement for this coming week. Yeah. Unless you've got anything, of course. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right then. No, no, no. Okay, so our guest this week, best known as a music and film journalist. Yes, indeed. All-round funny guy. I've known him for quite a long time. Ah, excellent. We are joined this week by Mr. Jules Boyle. Yep, and the film he's chosen is one that I've seen many, 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 many times. Okay. Um, it's Toby Hooper's 1985 sci-fi horror, I'm going to say classic. Okay. Life Force. All right, okay. Haven't seen it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, I will, uh, almost immediately. Yep, I have gifted you for keepsies a DVD. You treat me so fine. Yeah, I treat you so fine. <laughs> you know, baby. <laughs> Daddy's got you. So, Mr. Uh, moving swiftly on, very swiftly. Um, so we're joined this Friday by Mr. Jules Boyle. We're talking Life Force. We are indeed. And if you want to get in touch with us between now and then, feel free to do so. Facebook and Instagram, Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us at Strong Violent PC or email scenes at gmail.com. Yes, indeed. And of course, wherever you're listening, there might be an alternative that suits you better. You can get us at Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. And as always, remember that if you are listening to us on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, review, all that stuff, because it really does help us get noticed. It does, yeah, it helps a great deal. So we'll be back Friday. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Good night. Good night. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.